This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host, Joe Caparosa. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today's episode, I'm going to give my second half predictions for our 0-9 New York Jets coming out of their bye week. They have seven games left in this historic 2020 season. With some of the recent news around the team, I'm going to talk about what to expect in those seven games and what to expect shortly after those seven games as they get ready to embark on what will certainly be a very transformative offseason, to put it lightly. If you have not yet, please subscribe, rate, review this podcast. It's available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Also, if you have not yet, subscribe to Badlands, our ad-free subscription podcast, $3 a month on Patreon, every week hosted by myself and Connor Rogers, this past week, we talked with Bob Schusen about how the Jets turned around a 1-15 team in 1996 to reach the AFC Championship game within two years. A lot of fun reminiscing in that episode from Connor, myself, and Bob about some of the better Jets teams uh, of our lifetime, starting with 98 and then up through uh, the Rex years. Uh, we also do articles on the Patreon, mock drafts, dream off seasons, all that good stuff. So patreon.com backslash Badlands, T-O-J. So Jets 0-9, as it stands now, it is a two-team race for the number one overall pick in the draft between the Jets and the Jaguars, who have one win. There is a handful of other teams who have two wins. Uh, Out of that batch, most of them are likely to at least win one more game, if not all of them. So the Jets are not in a situation where it's fair to expect them to win two or three games, right? Any team could win one game. I don't think the Jets are capable of winning two games. It's either 0-16 or 1-15. Now the fear is if they go 1-15 and if Jacksonville goes 1-15, it is more likely than not that the strength of schedule tiebreaker will go to Jacksonville, which would mean the Jets would be picking second. And very, very likely taking Justin Fields, who is a very good prospect in his own right, over instead of Trevor Lawrence, who is a generational prospect. And you you should be rooting for the Jets to get the number one overall pick. It's not a total unmitigated disaster if they get the second pick, but we want that first pick. And they are still in the driver's seat to get that pick. They have a game lead on Jacksonville. Jacksonville has been really competitive, even with Jake Luton starting the past two games for them, uh, a rookie sixth rounder. They nearly beat Houston. They nearly beat Green Bay in Green Bay. We don't know when Gardner Minshew will come back, but if he played in those last two games, they probably win one of the two. So Jacksonville is not fully laying down. They are competing every week. We look at their remaining schedule. They have seven games left like the Jets. Uh, They have a home game against Pittsburgh. Pretty unlikely to win that. Steelers 9-0. They have a home game against Cleveland. That could be interesting. Cleveland is 6-3, but is not blowing teams out of the water and is the kind of team who can play a close, ugly game. Keep an eye on that one. At Minnesota, who's been playing better lately, but is still 4-5. Home against the Titans. 
going to be a tough one to pull an upset in. Uh, at the Ravens, going to be a tough one. Uh, home for the Bears, who are kind of a mess right now, and we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. Definitely a winnable game for Jacksonville. And then they close at Indy, who could be resting starters in Week 17. So I think it's fair to expect that Jacksonville wins one more game. I know Jet fans think that's impossible. I think they're going to probably win one more game, which should make you feel that much more confident the Jets will have the first overall pick. When we look at the Jets' remaining schedule, they are in L.A. for the Chargers this week. Even though the Chargers are 2-7, and seven, this is a bad matchup for the Jets. One, Adam Gase is 5-23 and 23 in his last 28 road games. He doesn't win road games, especially road games where you have to travel across the country. The Chargers are better than their record indicates, and their strength is throwing the ball down the field with rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. The Jets' weakness is covering anybody. And to top it off, their best corner, Brian Poole, is out for the rest of the year and not playing. So I think the Chargers are going to score at will on the Jets, and I don't think Joe Flacco is going to have enough firepower to match that. It's currently, I think, an eight-and-a-half-point spread. I think the Chargers will cover that. It feels like a 31-13 type game. I'm not anywhere near as worried about this one as many Jet fans are. Could be wrong. The Jets were more competitive against New England than I thought they'd be. But this is not a good matchup for the Jets. I think the Chargers front should be able to get after Flacco, who has no mobility. And I just think the Chargers are going to score a ton of points in this game. And the Jets' best-case offensive scenario is what we saw against New England when they scored 27 points. And Chargers have a better defense uh, than New England. So, you know, maybe if Flacco plays well, they score like 20 or 21. But I don't think that's enough to beat the Chargers. After that, the Jets come home to play Miami, who has already beat them 24-0 this year. Uh, and is playing better now than they were when they beat the Jets 24-0. They have Tua under center instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think they've won four in a row overall. They're 6-3 and three right now and in the driver's seat for a playoff spot. Miami will probably be eight or nine-point favorites in this game, maybe more. Uh, there's no reason to think that this Jets team should be able to beat this Miami team. Division games could be funky. Uh, I wouldn't expect Darnold back for this one. I don't even know if we're going to see Darnold at all for the rest of the year, but within the vacuum of the next two weeks, I think you're probably getting two more Flacco starts. After that, you have the Jets at home for the Raiders. And I'm a little nervous about this one. I'm not going to lie. The Jets kicked the crap out of the Raiders last year in December. I don't really trust David Carr outside in cold weather. But to be fair, the Raiders are better this year than they were last year. They're currently 6-3. and three. They've already beat the Chiefs this year. I think they'll have some revenge on their mind after what happened last year. But I am worried about this one. This is the one I'm the most worried about on the schedule when it comes to the Jets getting a win. After that, the Jets fly across the country to play at Seattle. As much as we've enjoyed Seattle's struggles and we want them to lose as many games as possible to improve the Jets' draft pick, the Jets are not winning in Seattle. So you don't have to worry about that. Then they stay on the West Coast and play at the Rams. Not a game to worry about. The Jets are not going into the Rams stadium and winning. Not going to happen. Final two, home for the Browns. Same thing holds that I said about Jacksonville. This could be a bit of a scary one, and I think will be a close one. Uh, but Cleveland is currently 6-3 and three and will likely be playing for a lot in this game, looking to break their playoff drought uh, potentially. So, you know, you're probably still getting Cleveland as a 6-7 point favorite in this one. And then the Jets close at New England. And I think the Jets probably already gave New England their best shot. New England, after beating the Jets, beat the Ravens and could very well still be playing for something in Week 17. So 
different, you know, playing in New England than playing at home. Uh, I'm not as worried about that one as I am with the Raiders and Browns. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Think it is still more likely than not that the Jets go 0 16, but you could convince me that they're going to win one. If you had to ask me to predict now how it shakes out between the Jets and the Jags, each of them will win one more game this year. The Jets will finish 1-15 and pick first. The Jaguars will finish 2-14 and and pick second. The Jets will take Trevor Lawrence first. The Jaguars will take Justin Fields second. I would not be surprised to see Zach Wilson and Trey Lance also go in the top five, and then probably two other quarterbacks go in the middle of the first round. And then hopefully, you know, the Jets pick from Seattle ends up being, you know, it's going to end up probably being somewhere in that 18 to 22 range. Uh, and then they have multiple third round picks. They could end up with a second, second round pick if they trade Sam Darnold, if and when they trade Sam Darnold. So that's sort of the roadmap I think we're going to see for the rest of the year. Uh, the Jets, in terms of roster management of what we're seeing right now, they shut down Brian Poole for the season, who's their best corner. They cut Pierre Desir, which is not going to help the tank, but we'll see more Bryce Hall at the outside corner spot. But overall, Jets are very, very weak in the secondary Uh, I'm assuming Bradley McDougal will probably be shut down for the year so they could see more Ashton Davis. Flacco starting this week. Flacco probably starting next week. Darnold, from what I've heard, is not really close to being healthy. I don't really know what the incentive for either side is to rush him out there if he's not healthy and when he's probably not going to be here next year. You don't want to risk him getting hurt further or putting out more bad tape like he already has in six games this year. I'm not ready to say that We've seen him play his last snap, uh, but I think maybe he has two or three more starts left here because I could see the Jets playing James Morgan in Week 16 and Week 17 just to get some eyes on him heading into the offseason. So that's probably, I mean, that's what I'm roughly expecting from the quarterback position for the rest of the year. Maybe two more Flacco starts, three Darnold starts, two or three, if that, and then uh, a Morgan start or two uh, to close out the season. Before we dive in further, I want to remind you guys that between the NFL, college ball, there is no shortage of games to watch. With thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you can turn game day into payday with MyBookie. If you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. And don't forget the underdogs. They have a ton of value. The thing about the NFL is that underdogs are never really dogs on Sunday. Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do too. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets. It's never too late to get into the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use our promo code OVERTIME to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code OVERTIME for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, college basketball coming back, all the major pro sports and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at my bookie. 
All right, let's talk about the rest of the roster and, more importantly, the younger players. Uh, Makai Becton will be back this week. Had what sounded like a little bit of an asthma cold situation, which is why he left the Pats game early. Hopefully we get six, seven more starts from him this year and he stays healthy. Denzel Mims healthy, ready to rock. Hopefully he starts getting more targets, particularly in the second half of games. I, I have no faith that Frank Gore is still not going to be the leading rusher down the stretch with Adam Gase still in charge of the team. Gore's going to get 12, 13 carries every week. P. Ryan's probably going to get seven or eight and maybe a couple targets in the passing game. Still not fully sold that P. Ryan isn't just another version of Eli, Eli McGuire, but I would like to see him get a little more action and some more opportunities. Ashton Davis and Bryce Hall are likely locked in as full-time starters at corner and safety for the rest of the year. Braden Mann's the punter. Cam Clark still not particularly lined up to play anytime soon, uh, although the Jets really need two new guards because both Van Routen and Lewis kind of stink. Uh, so hopefully Clark gets a couple starts down the stretch uh, to just see what we have there and see if he could be a viable option to potentially compete to start next year. I already talked about Morgan. I think it would behoove the Jets to give him a start or two. Why not? You're, you're 0-9. Uh, I don't know, you know, Darnold's not going to be here next year, so I don't really know how many more starts you need to give him. I don't really know if Flacco's going to be here next year, maybe as the backup to Lawrence, but probably not. That's why you drafted Morgan for. So uh, it feels like it's logical to play him at some point. Uh, the Jets traded a draft pick for Quincy Wilson, who's cut already, just like Nate Hairston, who's cut already, just like Pierre Desir, who's cut already. Rex Hogan, stop acquiring cornerbacks from the Colts, for God's sakes. Find a different way to stack out the secondary. I think elsewhere on the defense, I mean, what can you say? Uh, Quinn Williams is a little banged up. Hopefully he's back for the Chargers game and can stay healthy down the stretch. It's been a good sophomore year for him. Nice jump up over his rookie year. Uh, he has three and a half sacks right now, currently leading the team. like to see a lot more of him down the stretch along with John Franklin Myers up front. We know Henry Anderson's gone after this year. I'd bet on Nathan Shepard being gone after this year. Foley Fautukasi's a nice piece who should be here next year and is good in the middle of the defense as a run stopper. Uh, so those three are you know pieces to utilize and build around. At edge rusher, he's out there. He's healthy now. So let's give Jabari Zaniga and Bryce Huff all the reps at edge rusher. Jordan Jenkins will not be back next year. I don't know if Terrell Basham will be here next year, but I feel like we've seen enough of those guys. So let's see um, Zaniga, let's see Bryce Huff, and let's see what those two guys can do uh, at edge rusher. I don't think either are maybe full-time starters or like potential superstars, but I think they could be good rotational pieces uh, for the Jets at edge rusher. Um, outside of that, uh, you know, as you look across the rest of the defense, um, you know, let, let's – there's not much a cornerback to talk about, right? Um, we'll see what, uh, you know, what happens with Bless Austin, who's been not great in coverage, has been good in run support. I'm not sold yet that he could be a full-time plus 16-game starter, but it doesn't hurt at this point to give him as many reps as possible, right? You might as well see what you have, see if he could stay healthy, let him get more reps live and on the fly uh, to see, you know, where he fits next year. He feels like more of a deaf player to me than someone you want starting 16 games on the outside. Uh, so we'll see. And then um, 
for uh, Lamar Jackson, who's an undrafted free agent. Maybe you see uh, a little more uh, of him. He struggled a little bit so far, but why not? See what you have as an undrafted free agent. As you could hear in the background, we just had our, uh, our water delivered. And I think the guy who delivered the water said he knew and was a fan of the podcast. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's my wife in the background saying he's followed. So I appreciate uh, the follow on Twitter and thank you for uh, the water drop off for our, our dehydrated household right now. Um, at safety, McDougal's not going to be back next year. Marcus May is an interesting open question. Does May want to come back? Does he want to keep playing here? Does he want to try, try his luck somewhere else? He, um, you know, I think the Jets have the cap flexibility where you'd want to bring him back. Uh, why not? You know, why create another hole? I think him playing with Ashton Davis is good enough for safety, hopefully, next year, so you could focus on other positions. And, and that kind of rounds out, you know, the roster right now. There's not a lot of pieces who you can confidently say are going to be key parts of the team next year. I would say Mekhi Becton's going to be your starting left tackle. Denzel Mims is going to be one of your starting receivers. Ashton Davis, highly likely to be one of your starting safeties. LaMichael Pirine, going to be a backup running back in some shape or form. Braden Mann will be the punter. Outside of that, everything is pretty up in the air. I think because of his contract, Connor McGovern will be the center again next year, even though he's been disappointing. I think George Fance played well enough where you bring him back for another year at right tackle. You want to get two different guards in free agency, is my perspective, if you really want to boost this offensive line. You have to add more at the running back position. You have to add more at the wide receiver position. Jamison Crowder will probably be back because of his contract. So you have him in the slot. You have Mims on the outside. You need another starter on the outside that's better and more consistent than Brashad Perryman. Tight end is an open question now because Chris Herndon is out. You know, I know he's just, when he plays, he drops and he fumbles the ball. Uh, and the Jets aren't using him anymore, and it's kind of crazy to see how much he's dropped off. I hope he gets another at-bat with a new coaching staff, but you can't count on him uh, to be a key contributor. I don't think Ryan Griffin's going to be back next year. Trevin Wesco is generally useless, so I don't think he's going to be back next year. Uh, so there's a lot of change coming to that offense, uh, of course, including the quarterback position where there'll be a new starter besides Sam Darnold. Defensively, I think you have the base of what you want to build around with Quinnen, Foley and Franklin Myers. I think those are your three defensive linemen that um, are a good starting point. You got to round out the rest of that group. At linebacker, you're probably getting CJ Mosley back at inside linebacker. Hard to say. The Jets will probably try to cut bait. I don't know if they'll be able to. Uh, you need to find another starter to put alongside of him. Maybe you just have someone like Neville Hewitt hold the fort. Edge rusher. Need more, need a lot more. You know, Zaniga and Huff will, will be here. Are they going to be starters? I don't know. You need a lot more at edge rusher. Cornerback, hopefully Hall shows enough to be a starter, but man, you, you need at least one or two new new bodies in that room at corner to make you feel better about that position. And you need a slot corner because uh, Brian Poole's a free agent and he's going to miss half of this season with an injury. Uh, so a lot of work to be done in the secondary, particularly at cornerback. So at this point, Jeff fans, we, we just got to ride it out, right? You know, the, the fun part, again, will be the offseason. They have a lot of money to spend in free agency. They have a ton of draft picks. They're probably going to acquire one or two more draft picks when they move Sam Darnold. Uh, and maybe if they try to move a couple other pieces, uh, they'll be in a head coaching search. 
uh, who I think will be very wide-ranging uh, at the college level, at other different coordinators, but a head coaching search with what should be an active free agency period with two first-round picks, including potentially the first overall pick in the draft, two third-rounders, potentially two second-rounders, a bunch of fifth-rounders. It's going to be a very active offseason, and it will be an interesting time you know, to really follow the inner workings of the team. I think right now, a lot of these remaining seven games are not going to be as close as the New England game was. I think that game was a bit of an anomaly. And I think we'll remember that because I think the Jets are going to get blown out, honestly, the next two weeks against the Chargers and Dolphins. Could see the Raiders and Browns game being close. I think they're going to get blown out by the Seahawks and Rams. So you probably have two, maybe three games left this year where you'll be sweating over the tank. I think Jacksonville will win another game. Uh, And I think that will relieve some of the stress of Jet fans. I think I'm looking at that game when they play the Browns, when they play Chicago, and then even when they get the Colts week 17, it would not stun me if they won a second game even because they've won already this year. They narrowly lost another game, I believe, to the Titans, and they just narrowly lost to the Texans and the uh, Packers. They're hanging around. They're fighting. Uh, So they could have another win or two on their their schedule. Mm, That's it. That wraps this week's episode. Really encourage you guys to go check out the Badlands feed where we had a great chat with Bob in this week, patreon.com backslash Badlands T-O-J. I'll be back next week. We'll likely have a couple of our different writers on here uh, doing a little state of the state of everything coming out of the Chargers game like we have done in some previous episodes on this feed. And then this feed will also start getting real heavy with draft content as we get a little closer to the offseason to better and more fully round out the coverage that we'll also have going on on the website and also have going on on Badlands. Uh, If you haven't had a chance yet, I did write a very long article over the weekend on turnonthejets.com about this Jets history-making season so far. Uh, So check that out at turnonthejets.com. You can follow me on Twitter at jcaparoso. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will be back next week.